This is On the Block with Brent Axe. Hey there, welcome back. Glad to have you here on the block, presented by the Food Bank of Central New York. Can you believe it's been 10 years? And I know every day is the anniversary of something, right? But there are a little more significant anniversaries that come along once in a while in your life. And if you're a Syracuse basketball fan, 10 years ago, this game started. It didn't end until tomorrow. It tipped at 9.36. It ended at 1.22 a.m. Six overtimes later, Syracuse had one of the more epic victories, certainly not only in the history of Syracuse basketball, Big East basketball, but in college basketball, period. A man who had a big role in that game. Uh, happy to have him part of our video on Syracuse.com, which I hope you can watch that. It's out. Just uh, retweeted it as well on my Twitter feed, or you can certainly find it there. And we're going to rebroadcast the game right here on ESPN Radio Syracuse tonight. And hand this man shot counted, history would have been avoided. And I think looking back on it, uh, we're actually glad that it didn't count in one sense. And that is, of course, Eric Devendorf, who joins us here on ESPN Radio Syracuse. Devo, great to catch up. How you doing, bud? Hey, man. Well, I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. And it's funny because one thing I certainly wanted to ask you about was, I mean, this game and that shot – it lives with you forever. It's something people ask you about every day, including I saw you tweet about this. So you were coming across the border, right? Just like yesterday. Yeah. And somebody even brought it up then. Yeah, it was funny because <laughs> I went up to the to the little where you give your passport or whatever. And um, he said, hey, where are you coming from? I said, Syracuse, New York. And he, and he... Oh, did we lose Devo? I think we got Devo back on the line now, so we'll let him tell the story. But uh, he's going across the border. So, Devo, we'll just pick it up. You're going across the border, and the guy's asking about you, and, and a little spark hit, right? Yeah, yeah. So he asked me where I was coming from, and I said Syracuse. He looked at the passport, and then he's like, you know what? You, you know, you played in some type of game, right? And I was like, yeah, it was uh, you mean the sixth overtime game. And he's like, yeah, that's it. And then he, he went, he's like, hold on for a second. And he went, he went across to the other little – um, where they do the other passports, and, and he got his buddy, and he's like, hey, man, you remember this guy? He played in the – and then we, we had like a 10, 15-minute conversation uh, about, cool. about, about the game, man. So uh, like, I, like I tweeted out uh, earlier, it's just – it's pretty cool to hear, um, you know, all the stories, um, you know, from the people about where they were, you know, who they were with and their family and friends. And, um, you know, it, it's awesome, man. And I, I tweeted out earlier, it, it was much more than a game, man. It was it – was, something pretty incredible to be a part of. It really was. It, uh, that's what struck me as well. I mean, certainly you have a bigger role than we did, but in just tweeting out the video today, the response you, you trigger in people, they remember where they were, what they were doing, and stories of, I heard a guy was in uh, a bar in Texas, and he was the only one watching the game, but by the end of the night, the whole bar's watching. It's just because people got so enthralled in it, and that that's my question for you, Eric. I mean, you're involved in the game, and you want to win this thing, but... At some point, you had to know, like, wait, this is history. This is there's something happening here, right? Well, during the game, you know what? Not that that thought didn't really cross my mind at all. We were just, you know, we were so engaged in what's going on. I mean, I, I can't specifically remember, um, you know, the things that were said in the huddle, but I just know, you know, for myself and the other type of guys that we had on the team, it was it was you know all fighters. Myself, Johnny, Andy, Ao. Um, you know, Ray Jackson, Kristoff, uh, uh, just just everyone, man, all fighters. So everyone was really encouraging each other to, you know, to keep going and, and keep fighting and, and, and never give up. So um, I, I just remember that, man, just just being so engaged that, 
we didn't even really have time to, to you know, um, think about what we were being a part of. That was, you know, uh, it was history, you know, the greatest college game of all time. But, you know, after it was all said and done, um, you know, when, when the game was over, I think we got a little bit of time to reflect, obviously going straight into a ESPN Instant Classic. Um, but, uh, you know, the next the next night, you know, I think we went right into another overtime game. So right. quick turnaround and not really much, much time to um, reflect on that game, you know. Eric, uh, we got to go through that last play. You know, Connecticut ties the game. You barely have time to get that shot off, and you got it off and you made it. We all know it didn't count, of course, because it didn't quite beat the buzzer in terms of when the ball left your hands. But what do you remember about that play and just having to do it as quick as you did? Well, I just remember Paul. He, he, he you know, he threw a pretty accurate pass. You know, it had a, it was a one bounce. I remember Gavin Edwards kind of overplayed it. It came right to me, and then I was able to get it off just just right in time before he could block the shot. And um, and I just remember it being online, and, and I thought I had a chance. And then when it went in, just you know, all the emotions and and everything, you know, just kind of went through me. And and that's when I kind of turned around, and the table was right there. So I, I decided to step up on it. <laughs> yeah, then what a moment! And that's it's the greatest play. That didn't count in history, I think, because of the celebration. What we remember, the photos uh, you mentioned in our video. You know, your mom still got a, a picture of it in the living room, and, and what a conversation piece that has to be. But when you saw John Cale wave it off, and here we go, not thinking six overtimes, but overtime. Like, how do you, how quickly do you have to flush that and move on and, and just get over what was a pretty epic play in and of itself? Yeah, absolutely. It was. It was. Uh, you know. You know, game back on. It was. It was a quick turnaround, and we really didn't have much time to dwell on, you know, oh, dang, if we should have been this or whatever. We, you know, we had to lock back in and, and focus, um, you know, on a great UConn team. And then, you know, after one, two, three, four, five, you know, obviously six overtimes, um, you know, we got the win. But, you know, quick turnaround after that, not not much time to obviously, uh, you know, think about what we had to do. We just, you know, Coach Mayhem got us ready. Um, you know, the, the uh, strength staff and, 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 and Brad, they did a great job of, of preparing us physically. Um, you know, for those games. And I think, if anything, it was just the mental exhaustion of, of not knowing, you know, when the game is going to be over. But, um, you know, just, just something so incredible to be a part of. And, you know, it, it just goes to show that even us just, just talking about it 10 years later, how, how special that game was. Eric Devendorf is our guest, of course, former Orangeman, former Orange coach, now at Detroit Mercy, something that we want to discuss with him here shortly on the 10th anniversary of the six-overtime game. And you brought up Johnny, Eric. I mean, of all people that you look at and say, I can't believe that they played the way they did in this game. And he's got to shoot to the top of the list. I mean, he played 67 minutes in that game. I mean, I don't know where those three minutes when he didn't play, but it seemed like he played every single minute of it. Yeah, I mean, if it, if anything, you know, if anyone who knows Johnny Flynn, I mean, it's not even a surprise to, to, to the type of game that, that he did have, you know. Um, I think, what do you have, 34, 12 assists and something like that. But, um, you know, I was going I was going back and forth with him every single day in practice. And, and so, for me, <laughs> you know, I, that's what I expected. But maybe to everyone else they didn't. But, man, if anyone knows who, who that guy, I mean, he's just a fighter, man. One of the best basketball players that I ever you know, played against or played with in my life. And, and I think that, you know, if he didn't, you know, have an injury-riddled pro career that, you know, he, we still be talking about him playing in the NBA right now because that, that was a special, special player right there. And Paul Harris goes 13-14 of 14 to the free throw line. He missed some dunks. He made some dunks, had 22 rebounds in that game. And it was interesting, Eric, because as the night went on, it, certainly in, in as long of a game that is, 
People start fouling out. Rick, Ricky Jackson goes down. Orenze goes down. Kristoff goes down. You foul out eventually. And in has Justin Thomas in the fourth right. overtime has to come in and hold down the fort. It just became like a war of attrition at that point. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's the old saying, next man up. You know, it's, you know, we obviously can never really prepare enough for, for situations. You know, a lot of times, you know, stuff is just thrown at us and we kind of have to, you know, adapt and react to things. So um, I think JT, you know, he, he could have played at, at a lower D1 started. You know, he, he, he was a walk-on, but he was a good player, man. And, and for him to, to come in and, and just be ready, have that energy off the bench, that, that shows a lot about his character and, and how much that he cared about the team and cared about winning. Um, and, and like I said earlier, just just all the guys that we had on our team were, were similar. You know, they were fighters. They never quit, never complained. You know, they just wanted to go out there and, and get the win. And, um, you know, when you have guys like that on the team, it's, um, you know, it's hard to lose games, man. Eric, you played a really good Connecticut team, and we're talking Kemba Walker, Hashim Thabit, Stanley Robinson. I mean, that's a, a loaded UConn team. It was pretty high. Yeah, AJ Price. Yeah. AJ Price, exactly. And the names roll off the tongue. And I mean, it just had to be that much sweeter to beat a rival on that stage in that spot. It would have been epic against anybody, but considering it was Connecticut, how much more special was it to, to beat a team like that in that spot? Oh, man, you know what? The perfect setup against your rival, your all-time rival, you know, UConn, Syracuse, in the Garden, um, Big East Tournament, ESPN, primetime. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that, you know. I mean, to have, um, you know, a, a Syracuse crowd and then obviously you have the UConn crowd who was an hour and a half down the road from the city. So, you know, both, both uh, you know, both fan bases really show out and support a lot. So um, it, it just meant a lot more. Um, knowing that we we beat UConn, like you said, it still would have been an epic game. But um, having it, you know, been against UConn, Jim Calhoun, Jim Beheim, you know, you know, we can go back to all the the rivalries as far as players. You know, John Walsh, you got Ray Allen, you know, uh, things like that. So it, it it was extra special. And then you know, to have it be at the best arena in the whole world, um, you know, I, I I couldn't have thought of a better setup. For, for, you know, the best game in college history. So you mentioned it, Eric. You had a really short turnaround to play West Virginia the next night. That game went to overtime as well. But when you did leave the Garden, I mean, what did you do? I mean, you know you just played this epic game and you're trying to come yeah. down from it. But you got another one coming up the next day. So what did you do? What was the balance there? Well, the, right after the game, me and um, me and Renze, we went, to, we went to a diner right down the street. Uh, it was probably 3, 3.30 in the morning. We got something to eat. Um, and then uh, we went back to the hotel. We had ice baths, and, and um, I think we stayed up a little bit, and, and we saw the instant classic. And um, you know, we didn't get too much sleep, but I know, um, like I said, Brad, Brad Pike, and Ryan Cabillas did a great job of um, helping us recover. And then, you know, like I said, we just had an overtime game the next day. So, um, you know, kudos to the, to the coaching staff and the, and the training staff for having us ready and prepared to go because we played what three games in two days. That's right. Like. So. You did, and then and then we played Louisville the next night, and um, you know we came up short, but uh, you know another super talented team that that we went against, so um, just didn't fall our way that game. But you know what an incredible run, um, not besides the six OT game. So Eric, you're coaching at Detroit Mercy now. How did things go out there year one? And I know that uh, was a tough call for you to leave Syracuse and go out there and pursue that opportunity, but that's uh, exactly what it was—an opportunity for you. And, and how's it going there in year one as as the season kind of comes down the home stretch here? You know what? It's going real good, man. I mean, it, it, from a team standpoint, we got young guys. I mean, so it, it was a lot of ups and downs this year. But I think we had a lot of positive um, 
things happen as far as guys progressing throughout the season. And, and we played that, you know, the patented 2-3. So we, 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 I brought that over with me from Syracuse. And, and um, you know, I think times in the year, it, it looked real good. I mean, it's not it's not an easy zone to learn. I mean, especially when we're teaching the rules of it, how, how Syracuse plays it. Um, but, but guys progressed and got better. Um, you know, as far as me, I think I, I've learned a lot, um, you know, just being in this position and uh, I'm able to do more and, and, and help the guys out more in, in this position. So um, just like they're learning from me, I'm learning from them. Um, so, you know, this, this is definitely helping me along my journey in, in the coaching world. And, um, you know, I'm just trying to soak up all the knowledge from Coach Davis and, and all the coaches here to to hopefully help me for you know for my future's endeavors wherever you know, wherever that may be. You've been busy doing that, but I know you keep an eye on the Qs out here as they get ready. All to the head time. To, yeah, as long as they get ready to head into the postseason here. Uh, what are your thoughts about what, how far this team can go and what damage they can do? That March Madness is right on our doorstep here. Well, we we, we can never sell uh, you know our guys short. You know, I mean, last year you know we didn't think we we're going to make it. We ended up getting to the you know, to the Sweet 16. So, um, you know, I, I think what it is, you know, we just got to get some movement on offense and, and guys got to have to find those opportunities where they can attack the rim. And, and when the, they have opportunities to, to push the ball, I, I would say push the ball because, you know, it's, it's, it's easy to get, you know, easy buckets and then it's hard to, you know, a lot of times to play against half-court defense. So, um, and then obviously, you know, be able to move and, and hit your slides in the zone and get to the shooters. But, you know, we got the talent, man. I mean, you got, you know, Tyus, Frank, Elijah, um, you know, Pascal and Marek, and then obviously Buddy Jalen, guys come off the bench. So the talent is there, man. I think um, guys just got to put that full 40 minutes of consistent effort in, in, in execution. And, um, you know, they could they could go all the way and, and win the ACC, ACC tournament. Um, as crazy as that may sound, that's the talent that they have. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm always for these guys, and, and I'm supporting them, you know, regardless if I'm there or not. So um, I'm just hoping the best. Eric, it's always great to catch up, particularly around this time of the year. I can't thank you enough for your time, not only today here, but helping us out with our video on Syracuse.com as well. And continued luck and success to you. I know we'll catch up soon down the road here, maybe even on Bayheim's Army this summer. But uh, thanks so much for joining Absolutely. us today. Absolutely. Absolutely, Brent. I appreciate you. Okay. Be good, my friend. That's Eric Devendorf, ladies and gentlemen. Ten years ago today, that game started and did not end until March the 13th. And had uh, Devo shot been good? It would have been epic. It would have been a buzzer beater. It would have been a moment, but not quite the historic occasion it became. Let's break on that note. We'll come back with some hot takes next. You're on the block, ESPN Radio.